All right. All right. All right. I'm nervous. Okay, who's yeah. going to die? <laughs> yeah, dude. It's going to be just me, because I'm going to immediately try and grab this black orb. <laughs> just upset that we don't get to find out about Laura Cairo's. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> Would have been an interesting uh, unfolding. Should have gone back. Was the black orb actually there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the skeleton's hands. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do we need a recap? No. In your minds, you all just heard... Your journey ends here. The shadow form that was hiding in the fake Bryn Talith fades into the darkness that now engulfs the Crimson Keep of Shandolin. You feel the stone tower shake and tremble as if an earthquake begins to disrupt the area. In the green light of the Key of Kilnar, you look to the staircase leading up to the top of the tower and see a flow of liquid begin to spill into the room. The smell of bile enters the room with it. You find yourself near the east wall of the fifth floor of this keep. The skeletal remains of the real Bryn Talith still lay on the bed, grasping the black orb in his bony fingers. Okay, well, uh, I'm immediately just going to try and get to the orb. I mean, you're standing right next to it, standing over. I'm grabbing it. All right. When you take hold of the black orb, another more intense rumble shakes the keep. The medical beds spring up creating metal framed walls with mattress inserts. The beds made of walls stand eight feet tall, just two feet from the 10 feet high ceilings. Out of view, you hear multiple bows creak as wood bends and the strings pull back. We will now be starting a skill challenge to escape the keep. Give me initiatives. Oh shit. I don't want to go first. <laughs> <laughs> We're all counting on you, dude. Do something cool. Oh, God. I have made some alterations to the rules of skill challenges a little, so you can write these down if you'd like to add to your skill challenge rule sheet. Rule change number one. Using items will no longer be automatic successes. <gasps> From now on, items will give you advantage on the skill, save, attack, or spell you are using it with. Rule number two, spell users can only use a single spell for the entire skill challenge, meaning if you use Ray of Frost once, you can no longer cast spells during the skill challenge for the sake of proficient skills. Spell usages after your first one will be used like saving throws that I will soon mention. Rule number three, critical hits will now be two successes. However, critical misses will be two failures. Rule number four, if you cannot think of a use of a skill, attack, or spell, you may use your saving throws at disadvantage. The item usage could nullify this disadvantage. Number five, you can each use your proficient saving throws once without disadvantage. Even if someone has used that saving throw already, you can still use it as if you were proficient. Number six, you can still only use skills you are proficient with and they cannot be repeated by a party member. 
I highly suggest using a scratch piece of paper to keep track of what you have used and possibly what others have used for the sake of efficiency and no confusion. For example, if you are proficient in acrobatics and someone uses it, go ahead and mark it off so you don't get distracted by that skill. On the fifth floor of this keep, you find yourself barricaded in by medical beds that seem to have sprung to life. Danger lurks outside the barricade as strong-smelling bile flows into the room from the top of the keep, and what sounds like men armed with bows and arrows on the outside of this barricade. You will need three successes to find your way to the fourth floor. The DC is 10. If you have not escaped the room in the first round, you will each take 1d6 acid damage as the bile covers the floor of the room. From then on, if you have still not succeeded, each of you will take an additional 1d6 acid damage at the end of each person's turn. First up is Felomir. What move do you make to help your party reach the stairs? Uh, I think I'm just going to pull out my spear. Okay. I want to take a charge at the, the bed directly in the center. Okay. Give me a melee attack with your spear. That's an 18. 18 is a success. How does this look? Okay, you'll see me just pull uh, my spear off my back and take a couple uh, deep breaths and just charge forward at the, the bed and just keep pushing like I'm pushing like a sled in football. Almost. This is an old man doing this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you make it out of the barricade pushing forward and basically what happens is you hit one and then you find out there's basically layers of mattresses and you get all the way out of the entire barricade. And as soon as you do, you see bows and arrows floating across the room these animated bows and arrows unleash a barrage on all of you. Give me a dexterity saving throw for free. Mm. 17. 9. 15. 4. 9. Ooh. Cat, Felomir, and Finch, you all get hit by arrows. Doing. Cat, you take 5 piercing damage. Felomir, you take 12 piercing damage. Finch, you take eight piercing damage. Up next is Astra in the order. Does it look like they're just going to keep shooting arrows? Yes, we'll say that arrows have notched up to the bows again, and they are getting ready to fire. How uh, like how close together are they? We'll say there's like 15 of them, and they're kind of spread across a 20-foot square area. I guess I'll do Gust of Wind. Okay. At them to okay. push them out of the way. Yeah, doesn't that deflect arrows and shit too? It does. Give me a spell attack for Gust of Wind. 18 plus my modifier, which is six. That is a success. What does this Gust of Wind look like? How does this help your party? A Gust of Wind erupts from my hands and I point it straight at the, the bows and arrows and knocks them to the ground or against a wall. All right. And it gives you all a little bit of time to move across the room all together as a group. Where are you headed first? Mm. Big question. So there's two staircases on either side, one up, one down. Yes. The bile-smelling stuff is coming down the stairs to the right. Is there a door, a closed door leading upwards through yes. that staircase? Okay. So, okay, that's a little more troubling. Yeah, there's a closed <laughs> door at the staircase. Yeah, this up? is just okay, what's seeping through fine, the yeah. cracks. Okay. So this could be a giant yeah, wall. We don't know the severity to which. Yeah, I was picturing no door. Well, if the door is shut and bile is slowly coming through the doorway, I'm going to say we should probably go downstairs. Okay. But we've still got a skill to get out of this room. Yes. Correct? How are you going to help them hurry across the room? 
before the bows and arrows come back to life and attempt to fire at you again. Spoilers. All right. I'm going to use my athletics okay. to try to shove a mattress in front of the door, potentially keeping some of the bile from flowing out underneath the crack. Okay. Clearing more of a path for us to move through, I guess. So this the bile's upstairs. So you're going to block the upstairs to get downstairs? Right. I mean, it's going to come downstairs eventually, right? Okay. Give me an athletics check with advantage because you're picking up a mattress. 20. All right. You have succeeded. What does this look like? First of all, I'm going to rage, even though I get no mechanical benefit out of it, okay. because that's what Keth would do. And he's going to scream, what's going on? He's going to run towards uh, one of the mattresses and basically just like spread eagle flop on the mattress and just kind of use his momentum to knock the mattress down in front of the door that has the bile coming out from underneath it. And then we'll say like you hop over the bile. That's all, like once you're on the mattress and blocking it, you hop over the uh, bile by making a leap, jump over to your team and y'all make it to the staircase. Going down? Yes, sir. Going down the stairs to the fourth floor, Give me dexterity checks as the rumbling stone tower is getting more aggressive, causing you to stumble on your footing. And this is a check, not a save. This is a check, not a save. The new DC is 11 for the fourth floor. Eight. 11. 23. Critical. Eight. Astra and Finch, you each stumble and tumble down the stairs. Your missed footing has delayed your escape, adding an additional success needed to this round. You will now need four successes. Since I gracefully made it down the stairs, I'm going to see them, <laughs> like, you know, trying to dust themselves off and get back up and then just be like, hmm, feels bad, doesn't it? When a staircase just takes your whole life away. <laughs> Entering the fourth floor, you see the library and classroom setup you saw when fake Bryn was escorting you to the top of the keep. Except the bookcases have been moved, creating a small labyrinth to get across the room. You stutter for a second in your step, scared of traps on this floor. Give me initiatives again. Standing on the stairs in the middle of this earthquake, you look up and see the bile is now pouring into the fourth floor as you delay your time. Finch, you're up first. How do you help your party get across the room as the tower quakes? Okay, so I would like to use PVAC here. Um, and I got to use him with a skill. Yes. But that'll give me an advantage. Okay, so I'm gonna use him along with perception. Okay. And uh, get him to like kind of fly above sure. these bookcases and kind of like direct us, like show us the way out. Okay, so are you leading the charge, I'm assuming, since you're doing that? Sure. Okay. PVAC, lead the way. Crit. All right, two successes. Nice. Uh, so Finch, what does this look like? I guess I, I kind of grab PVAC off my shoulder and I say what I said. <laughs> And I kind of lift him up into the air, and he goes, no, and uh, kind of flies maybe like a foot or two above these bookshelves and kind of leads like maybe like six feet ahead of us, uh, okay. making sure that we take the right turns. And as you step into this bookcase labyrinth, a bookcase shuts behind him, closing you off from him. Can they still see PVAC, though, since he's flying like a couple feet above these bookshelves? Sure, but getting to him, like they can't get to you. That's fine. At least they still know where I'm at. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Doran, it is your turn. Uh, I don't have time for this. We have to get out of here. I'm going to use my dexterity to climb atop the closest bookcase okay. to me. 
Is this dexterity that you're proficient with? Yes. Okay. So you will do that first one without disadvantage. 18. 18 is a success. Okay, I'm going to frantically look back and forth and just start, like, climbing. Like, books are falling off and everything. I just climb on the top of the bookshelf. Okay. And just look around and see if I can see, like, a clear direction that we need to go in. Okay. Uh, As you climb onto a bookcase and start looking around and frantically looking around, you feel it start to lean over and tip. And so you jump to a bookcase real quick to make sure you don't fall with it. But you see that bookcase land against the wall where there was a lit torch and it starts to catch fire. God damn it. And now that fire is causing smoke in the room, making it more difficult to navigate. And also, this is the worst place to be when a smoke <laughs> filling a room. It's like in the upper part of the room. Still a success. Technically, you only need one to make it across. After, Dorth is Keth. This uh, bookcase that is starting to burn, sure. how, how on fire is it? Basically, the way I picture skill challenges is like you're frantically looking around trying to do things. It's not necessarily six seconds per round and shit like that. We'll say it's taken enough fire to where like the paper caught really bad mm-hmm. because it's like old parchment and stuff. And it just smoke just started really taking hold. So basically the whole bookcase is lit up then. Yes, we'll say so. So I'm thinking of using my bedroll okay. to try to smother the fire. Okay. Uh, what uh, skill in combination you- with survival. You can do that. I'm fine with that. Cool. Uh, give me a survival check with advantage since you're using your bedroll. Keth jumps on top of the bookcase yeah. and then does their roll. That is going to be a 23. 23 is a success. What does this look like for Keth? Alright, so basically I just frantically pull my bedroll out of my Turkadale backpack and unfurl it and just just like I leapt onto the mattress, I'm going to leap onto this bookcase <laughs> and just frantically try to put out the fire. Alright, uh, so you successfully put out the fire, clearing the room of more smoke being added to it. And with the help of Doroth on top of bookcases and Pivak guiding the way, you each find your way through this bookcase labyrinth and make it to the other side. You go down the stairs to the third floor, and again, the rumbling of the tower causes you all to lose your footing. Give me dexterity checks. The new DC is 12 for the third floor. Four. 17. Eight. Six. 20. Astra, Doroth, and Thelamir, you fall down the stairs. You then see a glowing energy around the corner of one of the officer's quarters. And rushing out from behind the corner is a large floating flesh form with eyeballs at the end of multiple tentacles coming off of its body. A single large eye is on the body of this floating thing. And as it opens, the tentacles shoot energy rays at the three of you as you are a mess at the bottom of the stairs. Give me initiatives. And this time it's combat initiatives. For this round of combat, Astra, Doroth, and Felomir has been surprised, so their turns will be skipped. Unfortunately, they are the top three of the initiative order. First up is Finch for the first round. Finch, uh, you currently can't see what's happening up ahead. Uh, You're still coming down the stairs and there's a wall in your way, but I will say that 
the three of them look with horror towards the center of the room, and you're not sure why. Well, uh, i got to continue my way down the stairs and take a look. Okay. Around the corner, when you look towards the center of this cross hallway room where the, where the officers' quarters are all in the corner of the room, you see in the center of floating above the war table a large aberration of some sort of flesh-bodied things with a bunch of tentacles coming off of it with eyeballs at the end of each tentacle. Hunter's mark on this guy. All right. And then I'm going to take out my bow and take two shots, aiming specifically for eyeballs. Okay. We crit miss the first one. Nice, nice. Um, and then a 20. 20 is a hit. Give me the damage. It's 17, Dave. An arrow flies just over his head and goes across the room while another one comes in right into the body of the floating tentacled monster. You see him kind of like turn in the air from the impact of the arrow. He's just hovering and it seems like the gravity just didn't hold him in place. And then he comes back and stabilizes himself. And you see three of the tentacles, the eyeballs on them start to glow a purple energy and shoot towards the mess of people at the bottom of the stairs. Good thing we're all grouped together. Astra, could you give me a dexterity saving throw? 16. 16 is a success. You dodge out of the way as this ray of energy just pounds into the wall behind you. Sure. Could I get a strength saving throw? All right. That's gonna be a seven. Twice save against magic? That's true. Mm. You're Eight. welcome. Thank Yeah. <laughs> we did that in the wrong order. <laughs> this is going to be a thing. That is a failure. You have become restrained in a telekinetic grip, and you have been picked up and being pulled towards him into the middle of the room. Uh, so, yes, you are restrained, uh, and you are restrained until the end of the enemy's next turn. Okay. And Felomir, give me a wisdom saving throw. Uh, that's a 14. You have succeeded. And you see this ray of energy come flying at you and you also just roll out of the way while you're prone and it just hits the ground where you were laying. It is now Keth's turn. You, you just saw magical rays of energy like get shot into the area, and then you saw Dorth get picked up and then pulled towards him, All pulled right. into the next room. So I know some shit's going down, and I'm going to rush uh, down the rest of the stairs and into this hallway. All right, real quick, when Keth runs in, I'm going to be like, Keth, you kill this thing right now, I swear to God! And yeah, <laughs> you get a D8. And that I get to keep that for 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes. Cool. Um, you have mo- I've moved you three squares so far. Can I get in between him and Doroth? No. Okay. There is not a square between him and Doroth. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to position myself 10 feet in front of uh, Astra and Felomir, who are both still on the ground, correct? Yes. And I'm going to uh, hold out my shield with one arm. Okay. And I'm going to punch with my other one using my ring of fireball. I'm going to throw the fireball behind him. Ah. Like aim behind him. It's okay. a 20 foot radius, so I think I would be able to not hit him. So you're like trying to impact it on the wall behind him? Yeah. Much? Yeah. Ah. Like explode it from behind. All right. So yeah, you shoot a fireball from your fireball ring across the room, giving him a dexterity saving throw. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. It's a DC 12. He fails. Cool. Mm. So 8d6 fire damage. 
40. 40 fire damage. And I'm going to, like, as it happens, I'm just going to go, whoa. I've never <laughs> used my bring a fireball before. After Keth's turn is the end of the round, and we go back to the top of the order with Astra. I'll do a level four chromatic orb of lightning. All right. Give me the spell attack. 17. 17 is a successful hit. Give me the damage. That is 34 damage. He's not looking well off at all. Up next after Astra's electrical chromatic orb is Dorothy, who is restrained. Okay. So I would like to pull out a vicious mockery if I can right now. I'm going to say you can do a vicious mockery. Okay. I'll uh, do that. I'll uh, look him in his eye. You thought you were cool, but you had no clue. My friends are way more awesome than you. And this is mockery. And he takes a wisdom save. 14 on the safe. He fails. All right. Spell DC is 17. What is the so damage? 2d4. 4. Damn. <laughs> But he has disadvantage. disadvantage on his next attack. Yep. Which will help you. Yes. <laughs> his eye rolls into the back of his head. <laughs> you see his main eye on his body, the big one, just kind of quiver and shake as you do the vicious mockery attack. And then it comes in steady and you see like the pupil dilate down to where it's like narrowing in its vision on you. I'm going to halfway smirk. Like, I, I, I see that I got you, but what have I done? Bellamere, <laughs> <laughs> it is your turn. All right. I would like to get up off the ground, Okay. first of all. And I'm just going to move to where I'm just right up against the wall, kind of opposite of Keth and slightly behind. And I would like to shoot two Eldritch Blasts at right. this eyeball creature. Give me the attacks. Uh, that's going to be a 25 and a 29. Both hit. Uh, for 18 damage total. Eight, 18 damage kills the Mind Witness. Mind, mind witness. witness. The witness of the mind. Was that a creature of the void by any chance? Yes. Uh, there's a favorite enemy. I was going to ask about that on my next turn. I was like, Shit. oh, wait. Oh. Yeah, it is. Bellamere, you have killed the mind witness. What does this look like? So after falling down the stairs, I'll uh, roll around a little bit to avoid its rays, stand up and kind of stumble, and then just go and uh, kind of prop myself up on the wall and shoot two Eldritch Blasts directly at his center mass. You see the mind witness as it gets hit by these two bolts of force kind of splinter into pieces and then fall into separate pieces across the ground. And as you turn around and look at the staircase, Bile is creeping down, pushing you ever forward. All right, so I'm going to fall to the ground after the the thing is killed and, ah, and just look around. We got to keep going. Ah, shit. And try to stumble to my feet. Yeah. If I'll help I, pick him up as I run by. Yeah, I was going to say, I just want to, like, scoop, scoop him up. Whenever you scoop him up, you realize, wait, he weighs a little more. Yo. What? He's not one pound anymore. What? I'm confused. <laughs> How? Dorth is not. 
How? Never had any knowledge of this <laughs> to begin with. When you say he weighs a little more, do you mean he weighs normal? He weighs normal. Oh, shit. Well, in that case, I'm going to attempt to pick him up expecting a one-pound Dorth, and I'm probably going to fall on my ass if I do it. I'll just pull him to the... <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll run by and just, like, grab grab them both and try to stabilize them <laughs> slash pick them up. Kath, you also realize as you go to pick Dorth up that he weighs like a normal Dorth. Something you haven't experienced in like a year in game. Not going to comment on it right now because there's more pressing things <laughs> going on like this tower that's fallen down. Yeah, I run by. What are you guys doing? Come on. They keep touching me. <laughs> yeah, I'll just uh, keep running. I don't have time to think about it right now. What the heck was that thing? I, th I think I've seen it before. I know, I know something about it. I've read something about it. I don't know what the hell that was. Dave, I'd like to try and take some sort of check to see what's up with that mind witness and why it's here and what it does. Okay. Give me a history check, we'll say. 18. That's plenty. In your study of void creatures, whenever you got out of the darkness of Mithron the first time into Yin and you started kind of looking into it, choosing, mechanically choosing your next favorite enemy, you know that Mind Flayers are from the world of Grixolis, or at least that's what in the, it says in the libraries. And this creature that you saw, maybe something called a Mind Witness, that whenever a beholder, which is like a really fantasy creature that you know you didn't think exist, dies and then is brought back to life in the brine pool of a mind flayer, it becomes a mind witness. Brine pool of a mind flayer. Jesus. Yeah. Guys, that's a that was a mind witness. It's like when a beholder dies like and brought back to life by a mind flayer in his brine pool or something. I, I think I think the mind flayers the foot. The mind flayer is back? Hmm, that would make sense. I feel like I did see that in that book that Remora gave me. You make it across the room and start heading down the stairs. Leading to the second floor, you again find yourself trying to find your balance. Give me dexterity checks. The new DC for the second floor is 13. 14. Groot. 11. 19. 16. You all start to see Doroth stumble and start to fall down the stairs, and one of you catches hold of his collar and balances him out, and then you all start walking down the stairs with the careful slowness. And when you look into the large room that you knew was the armory and the barracks, you see a horrible sight. You see weapons, armor, and bunk beds swirling around in the center of a room in a massive whirlwind. It's almost as if a blender of sharp blades and blunt objects were designed to just keep you from crossing the room. We are back in skill challenge mode. Give me initiatives. You will need three successes to help your party cross the room. For every failure, the person takes a random weapon attacking damage. The DC is 13 as mentioned. Ashra, you're up first. So I will use my shield and my constitution saving throw to endure walking through this whirlwind of objects. Okay, yeah, you're just bouncing weapons and armor off your shield, kind of guiding your group across into the whirlwind to get to the stairs. Give me the advantage constitution saving throw. A 19 and an 18. 19 is a success. That is one success down of your three that you need. And Astra leads the way with her shield, just bashing things out of the way, allowing y'all to move into the whirlwind with her. 
after Astra is Felomir. I would like to use my charisma saving throw to sort of be like right behind Astra, ducked under her shield. I just want to be like motivationally speaking okay. to the party. Like, come on, guys. This is the, this is the second floor. We're almost out of here. We, we just got to make it through this. All right. Give me a charisma saving throw. Yeah, I'm singing 311. <laughs> uh, that's a 13. 13 defender wins, and you are the defender in a skill challenge. You uh, hug next to Astra, and you're just, like, kind of keeping everybody in line, like, with your hands with her, and you're saying motivational things like, Come on, guys, if we could take down a mind witness, we can deal with a bunch of armor and weapons. Let's go. Hear me in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. And up next in the order is Catherine. With uh, Constitution save, I can still use that, right? Even though she's used Constitution? Yes, you're proficient in one. Yeah. So, yeah, you each get to use your proficiencies without nullifying everybody else. It's not a collaborative thing. So I'm going to see what she's doing, and I'm going to, like, nod approvingly and say, Brilliant! Shield wall! And I'll pull out my shield, and basically, like, as she's pushing towards the front, I'm going to try to shield the group from the back. Okay. And back through the whirlwind. All right. Give me the constitution saving throw with advantage since you're using your shield as an item. 13. 13. Defender wins and you're the defender in a skill challenge. And y'all successfully make it across the room and start to head down to the ground floor. Going down the stairs to the ground floor, you look across this gathering hall and see heavy stones from the flooring above falling. The tower appears to be crumbling apart at this point. Whenever you first entered the tower, whenever Bryn was showing you around, you know there was another staircase directly under this one that led down to a cellar. And when you look down in it, you see acidic bile has completely flooded below. You will each need to make a success to reach the exit. If you fail, a stone block falls on you and you will take 2d8 damage. The new DC for this floor of the tower is 14. Give me initiatives. First up is Finch. Right, so I'm going to use uh, Proficient with Dexterity. So I'm gonna use that saving throw along with uh, my mini mining mitt to quickly grab one of these falling rocks to I guess, toss it out of the way so that I can then run through a safe space. Okay. Give me the dexterity saving throw with advantage. 23. 23 is a success. You find your way dipping and diving and dodging all these rocks, and you make it across the room, and you look across, and you see that your group has kind of stuttered, and they're trying to find their move. Next up that tries to attempt it is... Doris. This is like double dutch. <laughs> We're just like waiting. <laughs> so I'm going to use uh, performance, but here's here's where I'm going with it. So, um, you know, Doris, you know, used to put on or was trying to put on a play sure. back in Yin. In that play, there was a dance. Like, a, have you ever seen Ocean's Eleven or like whichever movie it's in where the dude has to get past the, the laser field? Yeah. It's that. Okay. Basically, he's like, I can use this day hold on and he just starts like moving <laughs> rhythmically and tries to like make it through all right give me a performance check break out that moonwalk 
Yeah, that's going to be a 14. 14 is a success because oh, Defender God. wins in the skill challenge that and is, you're the Defender. That's the third time. Yep. <laughs> so, Dorth, what does this look like as you make your way across the room? Oh, it looks very graceful. So he's, you know, standing with the rest of them trying to find his, his entry. And uh, he's like, you know, low in his like stance, like trying to figure it out. And then he just stops, loosens up and just starts waving his arms around and like moving. Like it's, it's what we would call like popping and locking All right. today. But back then he's like, hold on, I can, I can rhythm this. All right. And you get close to Finch and he reaches out his hand and you take hold in one of the moves of your dance. And he pulls you in quickly. With a spin. Yeah, but then he does like a wave. <laughs> and you look across the room and you see that the other three are still stuttered, waiting to find their moment to jump forward. And up next, Astra attempting to cross the room. Can I be boring and just use my shield again? You used Constitution once. You can still use Constitution saving throw again, but you don't get to add the proficiency bonus or keep the normal roll. You would have disadvantage on it. Okay, even if I used an item? Yes, but I mean, the advantage of the item would nullify the disadvantage, making it a normal roll. Okay. So it's just a Constitution check at this point. Gotcha, okay, that's cool. 19. 19 is a success. What does this look like for Astra? I will put my shield above my head and just kind of look up and look to the side and try to dodge the rocks as I see them coming down and maybe bounce them off of my shield as they're falling and sprint to the other side. All right, and you make it to the other side and kind of just bump into the wall, trying to like get across as soon as you can. And you look back and you see Keth and Felomir both waiting to make a move. But Keth says, you go first, Felomir. <laughs> <laughs> and Felomir, it is your turn. <laughs> After you. Uh, okay. Um, I would like to use Blink to try to uh, disappear in case any of these stones uh, try to fall on me as I make my way through. Yeah. Give me the spell attack for Blink. Uh, that's going to be an 18. 18 is a success. What does this look like for you, Felomir? Okay, so at this point, Felomir is like, gassed. I'm tired and breathing heavily and moving very slowly. So as soon as Keth is like, oh, go, go right ahead, I'm just going to start <laughs> age before beauty. <laughs> I'm just going to start jogging slowly and then about ha- <laughs> No, it doesn't look rushed at all. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm trying really hard. I'm just wore out. I was picturing like he was like, all right, no, we we all made it across now. We're waiting on film and he just pulls out a cane and just slowly walks <laughs> and like hell is falling like around him. Said, just take me, give me a minute. Um, I'll be there. And <laughs> and uh, as I make it about halfway across the room, uh, a giant stone is falling directly on top of me. So really quickly, I cast blink and disappear and then reappear on the other side of the room. All right, awesome. And you find yourself looking back at Keth all alone, on his toes, ready to sprint. Keth, how do you get across? I'm going to use my Turkadal shell backpack. I'm going to take a few steps back, and then I'm going to put it in front of me and get a running start and get on the shell and try to, like, sled across the floor <laughs> as fast as I can. All right. What's the skill that you're using with this? Oh, shit. Uh, I'm going to use my strength save because I am proficient to push myself off as hard as I can as I get a leaping uh, or a running start. Okay. So like a like in a track whenever someone's running, like, like a sprint run. Yeah. All right. Off the blocks or whatever they call it. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, that's going to be an 18 plus 7, 25. That is definitely a success. What does this look like, Kat? All right, so I'm going to get a, a good running start. I'm going to pull off my Turkadal shell backpack, throw it on the ground, jump on top of it like a sled, and I'm going to just skid across the floor as fast as I can. And as I uh, get close to them, I'll just kind of like tumble off of the shell and just come to a rolling stop in front of them. All right. Like flip up the back of his foot and grab it. <laughs> no. All right. You all have made it across and you all rush out of the keep, bursting the doors open. You basically had to leap to get out in time, finding yourselves prone. You turn around and see the tower falling in on itself. The only thing left is a pile of stones and debris soaked in a putrid acidic bile. But then you mentally check back into your situation. Darkness is still all around you, lit up by the key of Kilnar. In your heads you hear, You have not escaped yet. You turn around for a way out and see an elithid with long tentacles coming from his face. He has a wand pointed at all of you, while his tentacles hold a hostage on their knees. And the hostage looks familiar. Hey, companions. Really quick mid-roll because this episode is way too long. Gonna go through these few things very fast. First off, this is the last episode with our players. It is technically the finale. However, the next episode that comes out is a missing link that I think is truly the finale. So stay tuned. Also, because this is the finale, that means I am ready to start receiving your questions for our roundtable. You can start sending them to me in our Discord or via email. Send to fourorbs at gmail.com with the subject line Act 3 Questions. But if you have any questions about Ziv Reinhold and the Guardians, might want to hold off until after the missing links. Remember, this is questions for all of Act 3, all the way back to whenever Captain Jensen and Bryn Talis sailed into the Shadow Sea and got the Black Orb for the first time. So, think back all the way there. So after this episode, the remainder of Act 3 is a Missing Links episode, and then a cutscene, and then the roundtable, which means I need your questions before December 7th. Again, questions for Act 3 roundtable before December 7th. But I do have some bad news, and you probably don't want to hear it, but after the roundtable episode, I'm going to be taking a short hiatus as a mental health break. The push to the end of Act 3 has been extremely stressful, and my day job and all the hurricanes from 2020 and my house maintenance has been quite rough on me too. So I just need to get things in order for a little bit. But that's it. Back to the episode. The Crimson Keep's collapse has completely settled. Dust lingers in the air. The scent of the bile lingers in your nostrils, but all of this is ignored as you look 50 feet away and see the Mind Flayer from the School of Planar Learning, assumed to be the same Mind Flayer from Delaro's Island in Moran. A man on his knees struggles bound and gagged by the Mind Flayer's tentacles. His head thrusts, struggling as he attempts to escape. In the silence of the moment, you can hear a whimper as he finally gives up, tiring out. This familiar-looking man four of you have only seen once. You met him in passing at a great celebration of cadets completing their trials to become Crimson Command Scouts. But for one of you, this man is family. This man is your uncle. This man is your father. Your gut sinks, Finch. You can feel that emotion you felt once before. It feels like that same time you met Vilmir for the first time in the death and destruction of Gamor that rise in spirit and emotion to take on the enemy head-on, sacrificing your life for the orb starts to build up, and then each of you here in your heads, give me the orbs. I'm standing next to Felomir. I'm gonna reach over and tug on him and be like, who's the guy? Do we know him? Papa! Oh, 
Uncle! Ben! And then, like, I'm also just, like, frantic. Maybe take, like, a step forward, but then immediately put my hands on the orbs and stop. And maybe, like, a tear starts rolling down my eye as I wait for more. Um, and I would, upon seeing Finch move forward, I would probably put my hand on his shoulder in an attempt to stop him. I'm going to pull out Catherine, the rapier. Yeah, I'm going to pull out my uh, Warhammer and shield and just kind of ready for whatever is about to pop off. I'm also going to take a ready offensive stance. So when you say he stopped moving, me looking at him, is he conscious? Yeah, he's conscious. He's blind. Yeah. So you can like see his eyes are moving, but he doesn't see anything. And you can see that like he is breathing and the tentacles kind of move with every breath on his lungs. I'll probably go ahead and just notch an arrow and look directly at uh, this mind flare and say, let him go. I don't think you understand what you're dealing with here. Lower your weapons. And then a haze of black starts to form to the left of the mind flare. A shadow assassin pops out of a portal along with another hostage. This one not bound or gagged, but a blade of shadow to her neck. When she sees the five of you in front of her, she yells out, My brother! Help me! And you all see Kurgle in the clutches of the shadow assassin. Kurgle! No! The shadow kicks her in the back of the knees, putting her to the ground, keeping the blade to her neck. Give me the orbs. Get off of her! I'm just gonna look back and forth at everybody. And at this point, I'm like on my toes, like, ready to charge forward, but I'm, like, having, probably like Finch trying to, uh, like, having to hold myself back. Careful now. Don't let those emotions take hold of you. Lower your weapons. Five. Four. Three. No, no, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Okay, all right. I'll put down Catherine, and I'll slowly put down Catherine. If, If you just, just let them go. Who has the orbs? We we haven't even gotten to know each other or anything. Do you really think your loved ones are safe? Any of you? I know your minds. And another shadow haze forms to the opposite side of the mind flare. This shadow's hostage is only familiar to one of you. A human man on his knees. And a shadow blade pointed down between his shoulder and neck. He looks across the area and sees the five of you. He is completely confused. He has no idea where he is. He meets your gaze, Doroth, with confusion. He meets your gaze, Keth, with confusion. He meets your gaze, Finch, with confusion. Felomir, he looks at you with confusion. (laughs) (laughs) But then looks to Astra, his eyes widen, and a smile forms. He says in an audible whisper in this silence, Astra, my beautiful, beautiful daughter, give me the orbs. I'm going to scratch my head and just go, man, this guy really did his homework. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at this point, I'm I'm going to, I've kind of, Keth is kind of hyper-focused on uh, Kurgle and Astra's dad because this is what's kind of set Astra and Keth off together was sure. she was trying to find her dad and uh, Atherin. And uh, so I'm just going to kind of like look at uh, Astra to see how she's reacting to this and like dart my eyes back and forth between like each one of them essentially. Mostly in shock and confusion and rage. Can I do something real quick? Sure. I want to do a uh, ascending spell. Give me a wisdom save. Mm. 
by save against magic. This is true. Crit. All right. You cast Sending, kind of hiding it. Velomir. Don't forget Life Force. Oh, that's right. Very important right now. Oh, my God. (laughs) Velomir, what if I do like a minor illusion? What if I make him think I have the orbs? Then maybe we can get away. I don't know if there's a way for everyone involved to get away. I'm sure he'd see you through that trick. I'm just going to nod as if to say you're probably right. And then I'll follow that up with my awakened mind. Also to Doroth. We have a hard decision to make here. Can I respond? To awake? No. Okay. I was gonna, again. I'm just gonna dart my eyes back and forth. Now I'm at square one. Why? Why do you need the orbs? Why do you need them this badly? Why should we give you such power? You all hear in your heads. You know why we need them. We have to open the book of Florin. And why do you think we would ever let that happen? Asus belongs to Florin. It is his and we will help him take it. Well, who told you that? (laughs) Vorin. That's simply untrue. Yes, it's true. (laughs) 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 Sir, I I went to college. I do believe- Enough! The shadow assassin thrusts the blade into the lungs and heart of Astra's father. (gasps) He lets out a large gasp. He looks around and then down, confused. He then looks back up to you, Astra. He smiles, happy to see you one last time. Father! The shadow blade is ripped from his body and the assassin kicks him to the ground, face into the dirt. Two hazes of shadow form midway between you and these three enemies. The mind player penetrates your minds again with, Give me the orbs. Hold on. Could I use Spare the Dying on my father? How would you want to go about doing it? Casting Invisibility on Oystrich and then sending Oystrich to Spare the Dying. You can try. Do you want to put Oystrich that close to danger? If it fails? Can I cast Spare the Dying once this all blows over? (laughs) (laughs) On your father? Yeah. Probably not. He's watching every move you all make and you can feel his presence in your mind. Okay. If I can feel his presence in my mind, I probably wouldn't do it. I'm going to pull out a potion of True Strike and drink it. Okay. Shit's about to go down. I'm not going to let him kill anybody else without a fight. As you make a move for a potion, Yagir begins to mutter an incantation. Finch, you feel a sharp pain in your head. Kirkle then yells out to all of you. God, do you remember that time we stole that pig to eat? Yeah. We will eat today. You see Kurgle uppercut the shadow assassin's wrist, <gasps> breaking the threat of the blade to her throat. She drop kicks the shadow assassin into Yagir, interrupting his incantation. She then tumbles away and stands to her feet, puts her fist up, ready to fight. Give me initiatives. Sweet. Shadow number four runs up to the side of you, Keth, and attacks with his shadow blade. Fuck these guys. <laughs> We're gonna die. We're all gonna die. 13 to hit? Nope. 21 to hit. Yep. For 11 damage, it is both slashing and necrotic. 
you have to have resistance to both in order to resist the damage. And I cannot resist it. I'm not enraged anyway. Yeah. And after shadow number four, we are on to Kurgle, who is currently unarmed and takes the dodge action as she stares down this shadow assassin that she just drop kicked. Does she have any weapons on her? Or is she completely unarmed? She looks completely unarmed. Okay. I also want to arm Kurgle. Yeah, everybody look. What I do still I got? got a flintlock over here, <laughs> man. I'm giving ring. her a gun back. Yeah. <laughs> only got three shots, but still. And after Kurgle, we're on to Shadow Number One, who runs up to you, Astra, and takes a swipe with his Shadow Blade. The first attack with the Shadow Blade is a 24. That hits. The second attack with the Shadow Blade is another 24. That also hits. Low damage for two hits, that is. 14 necrotic slashing damage. <sighs> and after shadow number one is shadow number two, who is the one that killed Astra's father and runs up to Kurgle. And she used the dodge action on her last turn, so the shadow assassin will take disadvantage on all of his swings. First one is a 11, which misses. Second one is another 11, which misses. So Kurgle's over there, dodging like she's in a boxing fight. And after Shadow Assassin number two, we are on to Astra. I'm going to cast a level two inflict wounds on the Shadow Assassin that's on me. All right. That's going to be a 10. 10 is a miss. I'm also going to use a bonus action to cast Spiritual Weapon Okay. behind that same shadow assassin. All right. And does it get to strike? Mm -hmm. 15. 15 is a miss. Word. And after Astra, we are on to Dora. All right, I'm going to step back like 10 feet into the rubble and kind of climb up on it. And I'm going to, I have the the, uh, rapier in one hand and I'm going to reach into my pouch with the other hand and pull out my wand and shoot a, uh, a mental strike bolt. Okay. Or whatever. And that's psychic damage? Yes. 12. 12 is a miss. The psychic ray shoots right past him into the ground as you're standing up on the rubble. After Doroth, we are on to Shadow Assassin number three, which is the one that had Kurgle hostage. And he goes up to Kurgle, flanking her, which will negate the disadvantage from her dodge action. So he will be rolling normal attacks. First one is a 28. Second one is a 12, which misses. So one hits for max damage. And after Shadow Assassin number three, Keth, your turn. You have a Shadow Assassin on you to your left. All right, so I'm gonna turn to the left and I'm gonna hold out my shield and use my bonus action to shove him back. Okay. Uh, I think it's 10 feet. Okay. And this is athletics versus athletics. Oh, and I'm going to enrage before I do that now that the. That's a bonus action for enrage? Oh, shit, it Mm -hmm. is. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to shove him back. Okay. Is that athletics versus athletics? Yeah. Or acrobatics for him? Acrobatics, yeah. It's going to be a 22. I got a 17. So you shove him back 10 feet, you said? Mm hmm. And I'm going to use my 40 feet of movement speed to move up towards Kurgle. And then I'm going to pull out the Gator Tooth 
uh, knuckles and throw them at Kerbal. Nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. I want to say that throwing something to a companion is a free action. In if the, not, I'll in tandem with your movement or something. I don't see anything that says throw. But we're in rule of cool territory. Rule of cool. So I'm going to say, yes, you can throw these knuckles to her. Cool. But I will make her take a dexterity check. That makes sense to me. But I also want a dexterity check from you. So dexterity check from you and dexterity check from her. She got a good one. 18. She takes hold of both knuckles in the air and then slides them onto her fingers and preps to attack. And what is that damage-wise? Uh, I've got 1d4 plus strength modifier. Okay. Still your turn, Kath. You have an action. Uh, all right. I'll uh, I'll throw my one of my throwing axes, I guess. Actually, no. No, I guess that would be. Can I use an action to do another free action? What's the action? Let's talk about Like, it. drink a potion. I will let you waste your action to drink a potion. All right. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to pull out the, uh, potion of fire giant string. Okay. Oh. Yes. And chug it. All right. And I believe that we found that that increases your strength to 25. Yep. Jesus mm-hmm. fucking Christ. What? Yep. <laughs> For one hour. Oh my God. All right. And I'm going to yell, now you'll see the fire giant. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to throw his shit on the ground. Better. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So... After Keth is Yager. Finch, I need a wisdom save. Uh, what's he doing? Is he obviously casting a spell? Yes. I would like to use a reaction. Okay. To cast a counter spell. Okay. I will need a, it is a spell higher than four, so it will be a DC that I will not say. Mm-hmm. But give me your spell casting attack, I believe is what it is. 17. It is a success. Yes. <laughs> Yo, face. We need you. And Yager gets angry that you just did this. And you see teeth forming in the, like, underneath the uh, tentacles going down and aiming at Uncle Ben. And while he has Uncle Ben grappled, he starts to move behind the outpost where you saw Bryn talking to that guard when you first got here to where you won't be able to see him. He looks like he's going into hiding. He doesn't get there all the way as he's grappling Uncle Ben. He has halved his movement speed. After Yager, it is your turn, Finch. Okay, so I'm going to, with uh, whatever my movement speed is, I'm basically just going to do like, uh, I'm going to take all of that towards them. And as I'm like, I guess, walking or whatever, I'm also, I want to be like, I want to have to do uh, two longbow shots at Yager with your uncle grappled. I'm a sharpshooter. He ignores three-quarter cover. Nice. Okay. Okay. So yeah, again, really cool walking shots. (laughs) Okay. So you're moving forward while shooting. Strutting. Strutting. Fucking strutting. (laughs) Strut up there and take your shot. All right, Finch, give me the attacks with your bow as you strut forward. I am going to choose Hunter's Mark. Okay. And, and, and put it on Yagir. So with your bonus so. action, you're putting Hunter's Mark on Yagir. Mm-hmm. And then He's strutting, strutting forward with some shots. And then I've got uh, advantage on this first shot as well because the uh, true strike potion I took. Yep. Correct. 26. Ooh, and then the second one's 26 as well. Those both hit. And that would be uh, 19 for the first one. The second one does not get a sneak attack, but it does get this Hunter Colossus. So. 14. 
14 and 19. 14 and 19 damage, total of 33 piercing damage. Come back, coward! And are you moving forward a full 30 feet? Yeah, all them just walking towards them, strutting. I like how he's emphasizing that he is walking. Trying to be as cool, calm, and collected, but I'm obviously like <laughs> fucking like livid and like maybe even shaking a little bit. And after Finch, we are on to Felomir. All right. I am going to take a step towards Astra and kind of get like back to back and then turn towards the um, shadow assassin that Keth pushed. Okay. And fire off two Eldritch Blasts. All right. Give me the attacks. A 22 and a 20. Both hit. Uh, for 17 force damage. 17 force damage. The Eldritch Blast fly true, hitting the Shadow Assassin in the chest, kind of knocking him left and right, staggering his steps. And we are back to the top of the turn, which is his turn, and he rushes forward towards you, Thelomir. I would like to use my reaction. <laughs> to uh, use Entropic Ward. Okay. And this is on the first attack we discussed. Correct. So his first attack will have disadvantage. Okay. The first attack is the Shadow Blade coming in for a swipe diagonally. For a 20. Yeah, that hits. And then the second attack is a grapple coming from his hand. He tries to reach for you and grab hold of you. For a 25. He has to hit. The Shadow Blade does... Eight slashing necrotic damage. The strength drain does an additional eight necrotic damage. So 16 damage total. And the strength drain is four straight. Okay. <laughs> so this re- this reduces your strength ability score by four to seven. Seven. Fuck. That was Shadow Assassin 4's turn, which was on you, Felomir. Kurgle slips on the gator knuckles and goes in to attack the shadow assassin between her and Keth. For an 18 and a 15. One hits. So D4 plus strength modifier. She punches him in the chin for six damage. And after Kurgle, the shadow attacks Kurgle with these slashing attacks with advantage. And that shadow blade hits. The second Shadow Blade also hits. For 21 damage. <laughs> <laughs> he swipes one across her back and then brings it up against her as she turns and just kind of goes like right up her left side abdomen, like vertically. Shadow Assassin 1 then comes in to attack you, Astra. And the Shadow Blade attack is for a 25. The second one is for a nine. So just the first one hits. And this is necrotic slashing damage for eight damage. Ouch. And after those two shadow assassins, we are now onto Astra's turn. I am going to cast Sacred Flame on the shadow assassin that's on me. Okay. And that is a dexterity save for him, I believe. Yes. That is a 14. Yes. He dodges out of the way as this radiant energy comes down, and he looks at the spiritual weapon hanging out behind him. And (laughs) 20. 20 is a hit. Astra does something Uh, for a whole 10. 10 magical bludgeoning damage to assassin number one as the spiritual weapon hits him in the back. 
And after Astro, we are on to Doroth. I'm going to look down from my uh, throne of rubble All right. and notice that uh, Felomir is tied up down there. And instead of trying to shoot and be precise or like try, I'm just going to use a vicious mockery. Okay. He'll hear it. It'll do something. The shadow assassin? Yes. Okay. The one that's attacking Felomir. Yes. Okay. Uh, that is a wisdom, wisdom save. save. For a 13. Ooh, fail. All right. I'm going to uh, say, uh, Dark Skin Delph is cold to drown. You let go of my friend right fucking now. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be three damage and and disadvantage. And after Doris Vicious Mockery, we are on to Shadow Assassin number three, which is on Kerbal and attacks, flanking with advantage. And that is a 20. 15 is a hit. R.I.P. Kurgle. These slashing attacks coming on her are dropping her to a knee. She has very little health left and she is not looking good at all. And after that, a shadow assassin brings Kurgle to her knees. We are on to Keth. Alright, so I'm going to move up to the shadow assassin that's closest to kind of being in between me and Kurgle. Okay. And I'm going to uh, use my Bonus action to shove him. Okay. I'm t- controlling my rage. Crazy. <laughs> 24. 24. 15. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to shove him back 10 feet. I'm loving Cat's smart Hulk. I'm going to uh, use the rest of my movement to move up to Kurgle. And as I'm passing her, hand her a potion of greater healing. Mm. And then move up another five feet to smack this guy in his fucking shadow face. All right, give me the attacks with your hammer. All right, so that's going to be a 15 and a tw- uh, 12 plus 19 is 30, 31. So 15 and 31. Mm-hmm. 15 is a miss. 31 is definitely a hit. And then that's going to be a 7 plus 9 is 16. 16 points of damage. 16 points of magical bludgeoning damage. Anything else on your turn? Nope, that's it. All right. So Keth runs up and bashes this shadow assassin across the side of his head, and it falls briefly to a knee and then comes back up ready to continue fighting. And after Keth, we are on to Yager. Finch, I need a wisdom saving throw. Can't help you this time, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving the different skirmishes we got going on mm-hmm. right now. I'm going to use an inspiration point. (laughs) (laughs) Big roll. Fuck, dude, the same number. Should I use the last one? What do you think's about to happen? I don't know. Bellamere seemed to think it was bad enough to help me the first time. Bellamere's busy right now. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I'm just wondering if I need to use my last inspiration point or not. I feel like I'm just going to waste it. Fuck it, I'm doing it. There are faces all around the table, man. It's the suspense, I mean, man. It's, it's suspenseful. <laughs> oh, my God. I rolled three fives in a row, dude. <laughs> you should win a prize. Fuck me. I worked so hard to get those inspiration points, dude. For the record, I would have done it, too. So, good call. Yeah, I would have done it. All right. Sorry, Finch. RIP. Because I think this is not going to be good. <laughs> no nope. RIP. The green D20 is going to the side. Fuck the HP. Fuck the death saves. You're just dead. <laughs> While the target is charmed. So if you start your round, Finch, 
and you receive no order in Yagair's turn, you defend yourself for the entire round. So if Yagair does not tell you what to do on his turn, your turn gets skipped, basically. You're just defending yourself. You don't move or anything. Okay. So basically, I'm just going to do what you tell me to. Yep. You hear in your head, Attack Cat with all you've got. Of course. Better bring back that green dice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he continues his retreat slightly, hiding behind the corner of the guard post. And after Yagir, we are on to Finch. Okay, so I understand that I have to do what he says, but am I still like lucid at all to where I could do any other sort of like side action or say things or like? You cannot. Does he get a save on each of his turns? Nope. He does not. Fuck. I don't even get to say nothing, dude. Like, nope. You follow his commands. Zombie Finch. Oh no. Well, I guess I, I probably stop in my tracks and do like a real sweet like military pivot to the left, <laughs> and uh. Start to draw back my bow and strut towards Keth. Can and, uh, I see this from my elevated position? I'm going to say that you're focused on the fight that's literally happening in front of you. Okay, yeah. Astra is fighting a shadow assassin five feet <laughs> from you. Shadow assassin. <laughs> five feet from you, and Felomir is looking real bad fighting another shadow assassin right in front of you. Okay. Um, I'm going to say you don't see what's happening to Finch at this time. All right, so... Bench. All right, I'm going to give him everything I got. I'm going <laughs> to... This is uh, bad. <laughs> I don't even know. With my, my two attacks <laughs> returned, I'm also going to use mini shots. So I'm going to be volleying four arrows at him. Okay. Uh, each oh, one gets a uh, disadvantage, so we'll just start Every, figuring out which one's hit. Yep. Every word you say just hits like a dagger. <laughs> like four daggers. Yeah, like a mini dagger. 18 is the first shot. It's missed. 14 is the second shot. It's a miss. <laughs> 18 is the third shot. It's a miss. Come on, green dice. Oh, and then a crit miss is the last one. Hey. Nice. All right. Keth, you see, you hear just <laughs> the strength and whiz of four arrows just fly by you in a large volley. Ooh. And you look and see that they fly so straight and true that they like penetrate the wall that's like 50 feet away from you. And they hit hard. And you turn and look, and you see Finch aiming directly at you, and it's so reminiscent. <laughs> can, can, my, can my head be, like, twitching a little bit? Like, I'm trying to... <laughs> no? No, no, but it's all no, just, like... No clue. I think the clue is already there okay. for Kev. <laughs> Does the crit miss hit one of the shadow assassins? If we're going to go that route, I'm going to say it also might hit Kurgle. So do you want to play that game? Oh, my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd rather you break my bow. <laughs> Yeah, just break his bow, dude. <laughs> it's the only, that's the only chance we have. I thought I was being nice by not bringing that up. <laughs> and after Finch's volley of arrows, we are on to Felomir. Felomir, I will give you a perception check to see if you see what's going on with Finch, though you might not even care to do anything about it because you're already in some shit. 14 perception. 14 perception. You do see Finch turn and fire this volley of arrows at Keth. I will let you speak about it, do whatever you want with that information, but your turn. Mm, Jesus. Yeah, I'm definitely going to say something. I'll say, um, as I turn and see Finch firing arrows at Keth, I'm going to uh, scream out to everyone, Finch needs our help, and then I'm going to drink a potion. All right. Greater healing potion? Uh, yes. 44 plus 4. Heals me for 13. All right. And puts me up to 53. All right. 
And then I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna cast Shillelagh. Okay. For your bonus action. And I'm gonna make a attack at the Shadow Assassin standing next to me. All right. Give me the attack with the Shillelagh. Twenty-six. Twenty-six is a hit. For ten points of damage. You whack the Shadow Assassin with your Eldritch Staff, and it hits him basically across the temple, and he falls to the side a little bit and gets back up. He's taking some moderate damage. He's getting close. Good. And after Felomir, we're back at the top of the round with Shadow Assassin number four, which is the one that Felomir just attacked. Who attacks Felomir? Ooh, it's at, at disadvantage. Yes. Which is a 24. That's a hit. You were lying to me right now. It was a 15 and an 18. Jesus. <laughs> so you now know his attack. <sighs> Bye, y'all. Crit. Critical on the second shadow. No, I did the shadow blade. Uh, I was doing shadow woo. blades. 28 slashing necrotic damage as two swipes of this blade come across your chest. I would like to use a reaction. All right. After getting hit, I'm going to get pretty mad. Okay. And uh, you'll see a little bit of fire swell up in my eyes, and I'm going to cast Hellish Rebuke. Nice. Because as he puts his goggles on. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to slide the goggles down on my eyes. And this doesn't use your spell slot, right? Because it's tiefling stuff? It's a once per day spell. Nice. And he does a dexterity saving throw? Uh, yes. Eight. That's a fail. And he takes 11 fire damage. Fire erupts all around him, and he seems to like flinch at it for a second, then he like comes back and stares you down while he's still in the flames. It seems that he might be resistant to fire damage. And after Shadow Assassin number four is Kurgle. Can I have free action to say something? Sure. I'm gonna say, um, run to my friends. I'm gonna do a wisdom save on her for that. She's like you. She wants to be in the fight. No yeah, but how, she's but dying. She, but she also just got a potion. What kind of check is that? Yes, it's a wisdom. If she, if it's a low wisdom check, she sticks around, and it's very high. With even with her plus zero wisdom, she looks to you and nods, and disengages from combat. And you hear Felobir as she runs up and flanks the shadow assassin on you. You told me to run to you, so I'm here. I'm here to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be paying any attention. I'm I'm engulfed in flames right now, so. And she drinks the potion as she dashes across the area. 13 plus 4, 17. 17 HP for Kurgle. And after Kurgle's turn is Shadow Assassin number one, which is the one on you, Astra. And attacks with the Shadow Blade for 25. Yep. And the second one is a 23. Yep. Low damage, 12. Slashing necrotic. Ow. And this shadow assassin slashes across you twice, Astra. And then you look across the field and see the second shadow assassin that got knocked back by Keth runs up to Keth and flanks him with the other shadow assassin. Bye, y'all. Well, we still got a hope. <laughs> oh, no. Pretty big gamble, but it's still a hope. <laughs> 22. Hit. 21. Hit. 16 slashing necrotic damage as the two slashes come across your back as you didn't see him approaching. Kestas, he could take on Kurgle. That would be cool. 
<laughs> you can just start being Kurgle. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, I'm pretty sure he'll have other things to do if he goes down. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, oh, like, yeah, yeah, okay. Kef not yeah. going to die. Gotcha. There's, there's, a reason, there's a reason I sent Kurgle out. <laughs> nice. How easily one forgets. And we are on to Astra's turn. Okay, I would like to use the Cloak's AoE gem on my shield to cast uh, Sacred Flame. And then, like I usually do with my Gusts of Wind, I'm going to fixate it on the Shadow Assassin in front of me and kind of move towards the other Shadow Assassins. Um, Oh, like swiping it across the battlefield, basically, in a beam? Yes. Okay, that sounds fun. Let's see, if you did do that. Halves the spell's range. So what's the range of Sacred Flame? 60. Yeah, 60. So it would be 30 feet radius, which would only encompass our little skirmish. Yeah, if you did it, you could step to the side and hit the one that's on you and then spin around with the radiant beam, but you will require Finch to take a dexterity saving throw in that as well. Fuck Finch. For real, dude. (laughs) Fuck Finch. Don't worry about me. At that point, you would be able to hit your Shadow Assassin and then Felomir Shadow Assassin and make Finch do a dexterity save. Oh, you'll also maybe hit Kurgle. Kurgle will have to take a dexterity save as well. And me too, right? No, because she could stop it right there. So if she moves forward one. Oh, moving forward. Okay. Yeah. I follow. Is that what you want to do? Yes. All right. So Shadow Assassin number one takes a dexterity save for a 12. 13. Cool. Finch, give me a dexterity save. It's nine and seven. I think it's 16. Yeah. Then Kurgle takes a dexterity save with her plus three, 19 plus three, 22. She also dodges the radiant energy. Hey. And then the Shadow Assassin rolls a three plus something. So Shadow Assassin four takes the damage. So both Shadow Assassins, none of your friends. For 11 damage. To Shadow Assassin one, I guess we'll say to both of them, Shadow Assassin one and four. And, and? got a spiritual weapon on okay. Shadow one. Is 10 damage. Damn. For the spiritual weapon? Yep. 1d8 plus 2. Fuck them up. Shadow Assassin number one that's been on you the whole time, Astro, is looking pretty rough. But after Astro, we are on to Doris. Okay. So I hear Felomir yell, Finch needs our help. And I look up and see Finch is aiming directly at... Well, I can't really assume he's aiming directly at... Yeah, give me a perception check. Yeah. 19. 19, I will say that you saw the volley of arrows whenever there was only one Shadow Assassin on Kef, and it seemed like they went all around him and not towards the Shadow Assassin at all. So you do think that Finch has turned on your team again. Very reminiscent. And also, okay, so a a few things go through Dort's mind at this moment. He sees that Finch is more than likely shooting at Kef. He knows that Finch is really good at shooting arrows. Keth is going to go down. If Keth goes down, that fire giant is coming back. This can't happen. This cannot happen. So what I want to do is from my position, I want to see if I can jump between Astra and Felomir. But I don't, do I have to now? I can't really see. You definitely would take an attack of opportunity. You would, if From the... So are you talking about moving on the other side of Felomir? No, like between Felomir and Astra, that space. I was going to jump between there, but it looks like Astra moved forward. They're in a diagonal square together, so there's not a space between them, technically. Okay. Can I jump over them from where I am? 
I think your best bet's probably to climb more on the rubble and have elevation to aim, unless you're trying to get closer. I'm trying to get closer. Are you proficient in athletics or acrobatics? Proficient in acrobatics. I will let you attempt to jump over Felomir, not over Astra, because she's like 10 feet away. Okay. But your elevation could help you get over Felomir. Okay, I'm going to try to do that. They're using your action for this Yeah, that's what I'm track. saying. That would have to be my action. It doesn't have to be. It lowers the DC okay. if you use your action. No, this can't be my action. Okay. All right, I'm going to attempt it. See, now the decision I'm trying to make now is if I fail this, do I use the lucky dice now? It wasn't a crit miss. No. Oh, I want to use it now. Okay. 19. 19 is a success. Like a gymnast, jump over Felomir in a dive and land on your feet with a front flip. Okay, if I have any movement left, I'm going to spend it towards... Finch. I will say that took 15 feet of your movement. All right, I have 10 feet left. Yeah. I will go 10 feet towards Finch. You're now 15 feet away from Finch. All right, that, that works. Uh, while I'm moving, I'm going to put away my uh, sword and pull out a loot. I'm just going to grab at any instrument, and it, uh, it just happens to be the loot. I'm going to use Counter Charm. Okay. Oh, shit. So that, hopefully, the next time he gets a save. Yep. It gives him advantage <laughs> on saves. How long does it last? Oh, let's see. Not long enough. That was the gamble. <laughs> Is it? It's as long as you are performing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You have escalated into... Oh, wait. Well, the performance lasts until the end of your next turn. Oh, oh, no, fuck it. I'm going to say as long as you continue every turn performing, he has advantage on his charm checks. <laughs> All right. Because I think it's hilarious, and it makes me think back to the uh, saxophone player in the Riot play <laughs> yes! JoJo's. And you have finally succeeded becoming that bar. <laughs> yes. I'm going to uh, pull out my loot and just uh, just madly strum on it. <laughs> just be like, Finch Cartwright is, is of the Crimson Command. He is an honorable and honorable man. Finch Cartwright of the Crimson Command. He is an honorable, honorable man. <laughs> Great fucking turn. I love it. Yeah, that's nice. Shadow Assassin 3, though, attacks Keth. With advantage for a 21. Hit. This one's a 21. Hit. <laughs> 24 slashing necrotic damage. Ugh. And Keth, it is now your turn after those swipes of swords hit you in the back. All right, so back at the the prison, we were in the room where Finch shot me the first time. Yep. We resolved that just by removing him from the room, right? Correct. Being a non-magic, non-caster, non-magic person, I would have probably no idea how to stop whatever's going on okay or even what's going on with him so i i already enraged right no still haven't done it yeah you still haven't used it for your bonus action all right now now i'm gonna rage all right so you use your bonus action to rage what are you doing it's probably a good move that way you have resistance to at least pinch it happens (laughs) we can do it dude i don't gotta hold it together try it how physical are these shadow people like obviously i've been shoving them so could i pick one up and throw them oh sure yeah they're they're physical so i think what i want to do to keep from getting or from being flanked and to open up a path to move back towards my allies if i need to i want to grab the one that's uh in between me and my allies and try to just lift him up and slam him on top of the other one that's on the other side of him 
Okay. So you want to pick up the one that is closest to your friends? Yes. And slam him on the other one. Yep. Okay. Uh, give me your athletics check versus his acrobatics. Um, it's higher than a 24, but that's by normal. He got a 16, so you're good. Cool. So you pick him up. And then I'll just turn around and slam him on the other one. I'm going to say that picking him up and throwing him is probably an improvised weapon. So that's fair. I think you have to be proficient in improvised weapons in order to... Or not use them, but to add your proficiency modifier to it. Yeah, like some monks get it or something like that. Yeah, like if you want to make an attack with an improvised weapon, you would not add your proficiency bonus to it unless you took the improvised weapon or tavern ta- 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 brawler. Okay, so yeah, give me a strength check with him as your weapon, throwing him at the other shadow assassin. Twenty-six. That, that beats his AC. So you pick him up and you slam him down onto the other shadow assassin. We'll say it does one plus your strength modifier and damage to both of them, which is two and three. And that'll be eight damage, because my strength is a plus seven right now. All right. Did the second one catch his friend, or did he get The slammed? one you picked up and slammed is for sure a problem. The one that got hit, I'm going to give an acrobatics check against your athletics check, a new one. Oh, he's falling down. But I'm going to treat this as two different grapples. Okay. So this one's a 21. I actually got a 21 as well. Oh, wow. Defender, Defender wins. wins. So is he now just holding his friend? You just get bumped back. He probably moved out of the way. Oh, okay. I picture him like he ducked and got hit in the back. Oh, great. He ducked him. and got hit in the back, and then he just the other body just fell to like behind him. So, yeah, he stands still. And because I'm going to say that was two grapples, like a grapple and then an improvised weapon attack, that's two actions in the turn. I don't know what else you could do, though. You bonus um, actioned. I did bonus action. I did not free action to drink a potion after I slam okay. him down. I'm just going to drink the potion over him and then slam the glass <laughs> on his face. All right. Uh, so I'm using a major, which is 3d4 plus 3. 2, 3, 1. So it's 9 to it. And after Kath. We are on Yager's turn. Finch, in your head, you hear again, Attack with all you've got, and look at me. As you see Yager attempt to eat your uncle's brain. Fuck. So I'm like looking to my right, but I'm going to also be attacking to... You're, you're looking to your right as Yager does this on his turn. Uh. And it's a 25 to hit. 10 d10. Piercing damage. Oh, fuck. He's blind and bound, so I don't think he's going to have much of a defense here. Yeah, I guess Yagir would have had an advantage on that attack anyways. It's fine, dude. Yeah. You see your Uncle Ben's eyes roll into the back of his head, and then Yagir releases him, and his limp body falls to the ground. And then you turn your eyes on Kat, and it is your turn. Yeah, I don't even get to react to that. Nope, because you don't care at all. Do I do a wisdom save or anything with what he was Not doing? Not if you or? don't get damaged. Nope. In order for you to be knocked out of the spell, somebody has to damage you. Mm. And then you would get a wisdom save. And then you would get advantage from Doroth as he continues to be the saxophone player in this riot. But that's the thing <laughs> is like, I can't be the one to damage you because I have to throw <laughs> this song. Okay. I, I do think... Uh, after missing four shots, Finch would go down to two shots to okay. avoid the disadvantage. Two regular bow attacks. I really suck. This is great. Uh, 13. <laughs> Miss. 
All right, and uh, 17. All right. Wow. Two arrows whoosh by you again, Kath. Bird, stop bird. <laughs> I would probably keep moving towards him, too. Like, oh, no, you don't move. Oh, no, unless unless he tells, tells me to. Move. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Dorothy's just staring at me. <laughs> Please. <laughs> After Finch, we are on to Felomir. I'm going to drink another potion first off. All right. If I have to. And I heal up 14 hit points. 239, and I'm paying a decent amount of attention to Finch at this point because I have a grasp on what's going on. However, I don't think I know how to solve the problem exactly, but seeing him take two poor shots at Keth makes me think he's doing some mental gymnastics to try to fight it. Okay. So I'm going to let him do his thing for now, and I'm going to keep focusing on the Shadow Assassin in front of me. All right. Give me... How are you attacking the Shadow Assassin? Uh, I'm going to stick with a Shillelagh attack. Okay. For a 20. 20 is a hit. For 11 uh, magical bludgeoning damage. 11 magical bludgeoning damage to shadow number four. Ooh, he's looking so close to losing it. He's very, very damaged. One more hit should take care of him. And after Felomir's turn, we are at the top of the round with shadow assassin number four. Shadow assassin four attacks either Kurgle or Felomir. Kurgle it is with two shadow blade attacks. 13, slashing necrotic damage. She takes the hits, but she's looking rough too. As After getting slashed by these swords, she comes in with her fist with the alligator knuckles on them and attacks the same shadow assassin that just hit her. Also the very wounded one. A 16 and a 16, plus four, plus four. 20, 20, both hit. Let's go, Kurgle. For plenty, da- plenty of damage to kill this shadow assassin, sending him back into the ether. Woo! That's the first First one down. Like, yep. yeah. And it was Kurgle. <laughs> After she knocks that one out, she actually continues to move forward. As she runs over to the one that was attacking Astra, she says, Come on, guys, let me fight this one too. <laughs> <laughs> And after Kurgle, it is Shadow Assassin. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Which can attack Kurgle or Astra. Even odd. Odd. The Shadow Assassin attacks you, Astra. 323. Yep. And a critical. Yep. 19. Slashing necrotic damage. Alrighty. You try to deflect them, but they're just so rapid. They hit you like in the like shoulder once and then down on the left leg. And after that shadow assassin is shadow assassin number two, which is the prone one. And he stands up, which halves his movement speed. Uh, and then gets to the other side of you, Ka, and flanking. Son of a bitch. And attacks for a 17 or 18. Miss. And a double 19. Plus his modifier. So that one's a hit. For only nine slashing necrotic damage. It's fine. And after that shadow assassin attacks Kep, we are on to Astra. I am drinking a potion of greater healing. All right. That's a free action according to the four orbs rule set. (laughs) (laughs) and i gain 11 health points back four orbs rule set chapter five section a (laughs) hinge doors (laughs) (laughs) wet water chapter seven i am going to cast another 
sacred flame upon this douchebag who makes a wisdom save. Dexterity save. Dexterity save. For a six. Um, yeah. That hits. Ten. And he is vulnerable to that, doubling the damage. Oof. And he's looking worse for wear as well now. And then my spiritual weapon comes in. Could be the killing blow. Uh, it's going to be a 14. 14 is a miss. The blade swings high and he dodges out of the way. After Astro, we are on to Doroth. Are you going to continue playing the loot to give your companion Finch the advantage on charm? So since I've started playing, Finch has taken another shot or another he volley has. of arrows. He has. Yeah, he took two poorly placed shots at Cap. Dorth sees that this is not working and he is getting frustrated. Uh, he was already frustrated, but he's getting more frustrated. So I'm going to move basically right next to Finch, shuffle up to him, stop playing, take my loot, and just start hitting him in the leg with it. Like, stop! We need you on our side right now! <laughs> I believe this will give him a save. It will, assuming it hits him. Yeah, that's true. Give me a strength attack. No proficiency. Uh, that's... <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to use my inspiration point because this is important. Okay. And I'm going to reroll that. <laughs> Come on. I believe. 19. What's your AC? 15. Fuck yeah! All right. One plus your strength modifier and damage. <laughs> uh, one plus my strength modifier? That's two. Finch, you take two bludgeoning damage, and I will need a wisdom saving throw. With advantage. Because it, unless you want to change that part of counter charm, because technically it lasts until the end of his next turn. I will give you advantage, Finch. Oh All my right. God. Oh so my God. Yeah, I'm wisdom saving. Mm -hmm. Wisdom saving throw with advantage. Before you throw that dice down, I need you to know my last lucky die and my last inspiration point went into this moment. No pressure. And I'm going to use Bardic Inspiration as a bonus action. All right. And just be like, bitch, I need you to shake this thing right now. I need you to believe. And uh, you get a D8. To add to your wisdom saving throw. So that's going to be 20. 20 is a success. Fuck yeah. We can turn shit around, dude. And the spell dominate person is no longer charming Finch. And Finch, a wave of emotion comes over you as you look over and see your dead Uncle Ben. And you are thinking clearly. And after Doroth's turn, we are on to Shadow Assassin number three, which is on Keth. And oh, attacks no. with advantage with the flank for a 22. And a critical. Uh, oh no, it was too late. 24 slashing necrotic damage. Mm. You have one HP. <laughs> he looked over at him like Iron Man and Doctor Strange. You got one. <laughs> oh man. Out of all the millions. <laughs> yeah. We only survived one. Oh. And Kath, it's your turn. Oh my God. Fuck me. Uh, all right, first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna drink a major healing potion. So 3d4 plus three. Um, that is 11. I'm gonna use my shield bash to bash the one that's uh, furthest away from the group, closest to the gate, to try to shove him back 10 feet. Okay. Oh, that's a 25 at least. Yeah, you do it. You successfully shove him. And then I will make 
two attacks on the guy next to me. Okay. Which is Shadow Assassin number three, I believe. Yes. 20. 20 is a hit. Okay, the other one definitely hits because it's 18. All right. Plus 12, 30. And then the damage? 14 on the first one, 13 on the second one. 14 and 13. So 27. 27 on Shadow Assassin number three. And I'm going to let him take an opportunity attack as I run away back towards the group. He only gets one attack, right? Mm Mm-hmm. He misses. Yes. Oh, and I will move ballsy. 40 feet towards as close to being in between Astra and Doroth as I can. How shitty would it be if we go through all this and like successfully make it out of this situation? And then like as he's running back towards us, he just trips and falls <laughs> and just explodes. Uh, <laughs> anything else on your turn, Kath? Uh, that's all I can do, I believe. I got to play it, right? Uh, yeah, I got to be the DM, right? Yeah, you do. And after Keth's turn, we are on Yagir's turn. He peeks around the corner of the outpost, seeing Keth flee, and you all hear in your head, Not today. Awaken, Mastic. Oh, fuck. And you see flames erupt from his hand, and he hurls it specifically and directly at the center of Keth. (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) Do you throw in a fireball? Yep. Oh, no. Damn. Spell, spell, spell cast in Mind Flare? What the fuck? Every single one of you. He was going to sacrifice the Shadow Assassins to do this. Oh, man. <laughs> Every single one of you can be dexterity. Sorry, Sorry guys. Is this considered magic? It is. Okay. I, I need this to be my turn. <laughs> I'm going to use Tides of Chaos. Okay. 16. 16 is a success. Oh, 14. I'm going to use my point of inspiration. Can I have free action as Yagir says this? Sure. I'm going to look over to Keth as he's running towards me, and I see the fire erupting behind him. Keth, trust me. Oh, I'm going to trust him. No, I mean, what's your dexterity oh, save? Uh, sorry, it's a six. Uh, six. Seven. Seven's a failure. 14. 14. That's a fail. Okay. Critical. 16. Full damage to Keth and Doroth. Half damage to Astra. I'm not going to roll this five times. I'm just going to do it once. 31. Fire damage to the full damage people. 15 to the halves. And I will take seven with my infernal resistance. Nice. I'm still alive. You said 15? Yes. 15 for the half. Save. Cool, 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 cool. Keth, I believe that takes you to zero. Yeah. And my my coming back to one is the fire giant thing, right? Yes. Keth, you're in the arena. You don't remember how you got here. Last thing you remember is waiting at the arena gates to watch the fights. You find yourself standing over the body of this gladiator, and you're naked. Your clothes burned off your body. Standing in the center of a charred circle all around you, you then notice and feel a pain in your right side. You look down and see you are bleeding from close to where your kidney would be. You have a deep stab, and then you stumble towards the gladiator and roll him over. You don't recognize him, but he's dead. His chest is caved in and he is severely burned. You take the halberd in your hands and stand up with it, propping yourself up. 
as you're wounded. You look up to the stands and see the crowd is returning through the gates. They see you, and they see the gladiator, and then they see the charred circle, all separate from each other. Lugruk, the half-orc, you begin to hear the crowd chant, Keh, quietly, until it becomes an uproar. Holding the halberd, suffering from some short-term memory loss, you welcome the praise and become Atherne's champion. And then you blink. In front of you is this battle between your companions, the Mind Flayer, and these shadow assassins. Everyone is your enemy in your uncontrollable rage. Your HP has increased to 150 in your mystic form. All right. You are not 20 feet tall like the last time, but 30 feet tall. Ugh. You now take up nine squares on the battle map. Your fiery fist is still a multi-attack and two attacks per turn, but it also does more damage. Your fire fist attack now does 6d8 Holy plus shit. six bludgeoning damage, plus an additional 3d6 fire damage for each hit. You also now have four six-foot-tall lava spawns, each with their own attacks on your turn. They strike with a fire whip, doing 2d6 plus two fire damage. They use your dexterity-based attack. Hmm. The spawns pop up in random, unoccupied locations within 50 feet of you. I am a head out. <laughs> <laughs> On Yager's turn, he throws a fireball, damaging Keth enough to turn him into Mystic. And we move on to Finch's turn. I, I'd like to, real quick, I need to make a reaction. Okay. Okay, so Dorth sees this happen behind him. Like, he feels it, he looks, he's, he's right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> and he is. <laughs> so in that moment, he looks around at all of his friends. <sighs> Beat this, Lorik! And he pulls out his time travel bracelet, flicks <laughs> <laughs> the switch. Oh shit! Look at the wrist. Six second rewind. Now, what I wanted to ask is, do they go back with the knowledge that they had? They do not. You do. But we go back but a whole round, right? We yeah. go back every single person's turn in the last round. Oh my god! <laughs> but first, when you flick it. You take necrotic damage. Like uh, an amount that will kill me, I'm, I'm pretty sure. It's 5d10. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doris, by flicking the reverse watch back in time like Doctor Strange, you take 25 necrotic damage. I rolled a six, a four, a two, a one. seven, and a like, six. Like Doctor Strange. <laughs> the one HP. Let's go. What are the oh odds? God. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> the four of you feel weird. Something just happened across all of time. A shift, it felt like. And then you look to Doroth, and he has dropped his loot that he's playing to Finch and holding his gut, and he looks really bad. 
Give me wisdom saves, everyone. 12. 19. 21. Kath and Felomir, you know exactly what just happened from when he tested it back in the School of Planar Learning. He just flipped his watch. Something bad happens in the next six seconds. (laughs) But now you know it happened, so it's not going to happen because the butterfly effect, right? All right. You two know or just him knows? We both know. We know that something bad is going to happen, but not specifically We know something bad enough happened for him to use the watch to turn back time. (laughs) We're all fascists and I'm Hitler, basically. Pretty much. (laughs) They know something bad happens. I know what the bad thing is. Dorth, I will give you two gasping words. Don't! Mastic! And I'm just gonna (laughs) (laughs) collapse. Bench, it is your turn, and you are under the mind control effect, and your last command was to attack Keth with all your might. Um, I think so. My volley of four didn't hit. My volley of two didn't hit. So now well, I, you never shot your volley of two. Yeah, you don't know that the volley of two. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess that's what I'm going to do then. <laughs> I was going to like, I'm just going to run the gamut and do a, a sharpshooter attack, but I, I still think. Please don't. <laughs> this is where I'm, where, where I'm. This is a much better spot. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. So, yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and take a two longbow attack standard to uh, try and get better aim. Crit miss. And uh, 18. 18 is a miss. Two arrows fly by you, Keth. This seems very familiar. (laughs) (laughs) He's like watching the arrows go by. (laughs) Like he can always predict where they're coming. (laughs) And after Finch, we are on to Felomir. Upon seeing Finch fire two horribly placed arrows at Keth, (laughs) I feel like... He's doing some sort of mental gymnastics in his head <laughs> to fight off the magic that Yagar is using. So for the time being, I'm still going to focus on the skirmish around me. It's good role playing. And use... It's not the easy way out. I'm proud of you. Shillelagh, or use my, my shillelagh attack to hit this... Fu- I'm just going to roll. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> This is some fucking D&D right here. <laughs> uh, for a 31 to hit. 31 is definitely a hit. I feel like I placed that much better than I should have. And I do 10 damage to the Shadow Assassin. One less than you did last time. <laughs> Something's just off about this. <laughs> I'm and after Felomir's turn, whacking the Shadow Assassin across the head, we're back at the top of the order with Shadow Assassin number four, who is flanked by both Kurgle and Felomir. And I will roll a die to determine who they're attacking. And this time in the timeline, they're attacking Felomir. <laughs> and the attack is a 19 and another 19. Those are both hits. Has anyone noticed how Avengersy this whole session has been? Mm-hmm. 19 necrotic slashing damage. Okay. I am at six currently. And after Shadow Assassin 4, Kurgle attacks the Shadow Assassin with advantage with her alligator fist. That's a hit. And that's a hit. She's <laughs> <laughs> And then move and flick the other one. <laughs> 
Yep, she punches this shadow assassin, sending him into the ether, and then runs to the shadow assassin that was attacking Astra, yelling, Question. Wait, no, wait, <laughs> wait, please wait. Come on, help me fight this one. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. I needed I needed to hear that. I can't. I can't fucking do this. <laughs> Same fucking thing. <laughs> Unexpected. <laughs> so. Oh. <laughs> All right. Oh, my stomach hurts. <laughs> what were you going to say, Astra? <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you hurts. <laughs> yeah, we thought he was losing it earlier. <laughs> Did Kurgle get a wisdom save on noticing Doris? She doesn't know anything about his. Okay. Well, his uh, bracelet watch gotcha. thing, so I wouldn't give it to her. All right, never mind then. Back to killing me. Shadow Assassin 1 attacks, choosing between Kurgle and Astra. <laughs> it's Astra. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Go on. Was that different from last time? Nope. No. Okay. <laughs> 17. That is a miss. Oh, shit. And then the other one doesn't have advantage, the other one was lower. So those both miss. Hell yeah. Something feels different about this this timeline, Astra. You know this time has shifted from that feeling that you got back in the School of Planar Learning. That should have hit you. And it's Shadow Assassin 2's turn on Kev. Okay. <laughs> Two twos on an advantage attack? Hmm. A miss on the first blade. Something feels familiar about this. And then a critical on the second. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he... I think he did rated last yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did. For 14 damage on the crit. And after Shadow Assassin number two, we are on to Astra's turn. Dorth is within 30 feet of me? Yes. Okay, I would like to use Channel Divinity. Yes. And give him 15 HP. Hey. Nice. All right. You are up to 16, my friend. Nice. And then... That's my action. Um, I will use my spiritual weapon. And that is a 24. 24 mm. is a hit. Cool, 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 cool. Back. Five once again. The spiritual weapon hits the shadow assassin in the back. And then we move on to Doris' turn. And you know everything. Before I was healed, I was like clutching my stomach, like doubled over on my knees. Yeah. And as I get healed, I want to look up and look around. This is exactly the same. (laughs) 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 But I, I see Finch in front of me. And do I notice that he's still under mind control? Yes. Okay. And now I know where, so I'm going to peek over there, like over where Yager peeked from. Okay. And see if I can see if he's there. He is. Okay. And I'm just going to like, I still have my loot in my hand. I, 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 it's in front of me on the ground, I guess. And I'm going to hit Finch again. <laughs> that's, that is important. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Can I make a free action to say something while I'm hitting him? Sure. All right. He's going to try to awaken Mesket. You can't let him awaken Mesket. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that was loud enough for everyone. To- uh, I'll say everyone heard it over everything going on. Uh, give me the street attack on Finch. Oh, yeah. Is his inspiration point that he used gone? The lucky dice would be back. I think only your oh, no, no, actions 
reverse. Yeah. So if you do damage, because you are the person going back in time, remembering everything, all of your abilities are still used. Okay. Well, that was a four. Four is a miss. Well, well, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on your turn? No. All right. Shadow Assassin 3 attacks Kath. For a 21. It's a hit. For a 28. That's also a hit. 24 damage. I'm going to fucking oh, barf. All right. Oh. Much better spot this time. Yeah. Nestic has been awakened for the second time in your last six seconds, Dorth. <laughs> Fuck. Dorth is crying at this point. It was a good try. This time, if I had gotten my turn, I was going to do the same thing as far as Shield Bash Shove, except this time I was going to run at Yagir and yell, You want the fire giant? You get him! <laughs> <laughs> All right. I get my little lava man? Yep, lava man. In his Custer. Oh, God. <laughs> yep. yep. All right, Custer. So, yeah, Gary's closest, right? No, the Shadow, shadow Men are. Shadow Men are closest to Mestic. Uh. There is a lava spawn that's closest to Yagir. Do you want your spawns to go first or you? Let's do spawns first. Okay. We'll start with the one that's closest to Yagir. Runs up 10 feet away to Yagir and brings out its fire whip and attacks. 23. 23 is a hit. Does that give him a wisdom check or wisdom save? No, but it would give Yagir a check. Ah, concentration. Concentration yes. check, yes. Uh, seven points of damage. Seven points of damage to Yagir. And then he takes a concentration check. And his DC's 10. It's a nine. Ooh. Vince, you are no longer charmed, my friend. Hey. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> and all the emotion yeah. comes flooding back. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Uncle Ben! And I'm just sobbing, and then I guess looking around at chaos. <laughs> and also, Dorothy is trying to beat you with, with the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that was one fire spawn. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Y'all aren't in danger at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Three, three fire guys on this one dude, right? Yeah. All right. My only worry was getting Finch out of there, but now that he's awake, dude, run, just run. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. We'll, we'll come back for Cat. It's the five bonus, so 23 for the first one. We'll just go counterclockwise, starting with the Typhling over there. So that one's a 25. The next one is an 18, and the last one is a crit. All three hit. The critical will be an extra die to the damage. The crit's a 9. The next one's a 10. And the last one's a 12. 31 damage. You've wounded him pretty bad. And then I will turn around as Mestic, and I'm going to fire fist that bitch. Which one? The one behind me. All right. You get multi-attack, by the way. So you get oh, two shit. attacks per turn with the fire fist. The one behind you is Shadow Assassin number three. Uh, 13 and a 22. 13 is a miss. 22 is a hit with the Fire Fist. 40 plus seven fire damage. So 47 total. 40. You pulverize Shadow Assassin number three. Roar! 
<laughs> There's still an enemy near you, so I won't say you make any movement this turn. Anything else on your turn? I guess not. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. After Keth, we are on Yager's turn. Yager attacks the fire spawn in front of him 10 feet away with a very familiar spell to you, Felomir. Two Eldritch Blast pop from his wand. One hits four. Four damage. After Yagir makes that attack, he runs away a little bit. If you have reach with a weapon and you leave, mm -hmm. still counts. Give me a fire spawn attack onto Yagir. Root. Mm. Give me the damage. Eleven. All right. And after Yagir. We are on to Finch. Who can see Yager running away? Ooh, it's, his figure's even pointed directly. Oh, yep. <laughs> I, I have like a straight line right, right down the middle. So I've got like just like blurry vision and like tears streaming down my face. It's like, you'll never get the orbs, ever. I'd like to use a reaction. I'm going to use my last Bardic Inspiration die and just whisper to Finch, Get his ass. <laughs> you got your D8 back. All right, so I got my D8 back. I've still got Hunter's Mark on, so that's cool. All right, I am just going to do uh, two longbow shots. Fucking A, dude. Crit miss. 22. 22 is a hit. 20 damage. Shit, really? Yeah, and I did the math all on my own. <laughs> wow. That quickly. <laughs> you know what that is? Growth. <laughs> <laughs> the arrow penetrates Yager's back while the other one just flies over his head. And Yager actually takes a deep hit and he is not looking good. Ooh. And after Finch, we're on to Felomir. Oh god. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna aim at Yager. Alright, you're gonna do some movement? I'll I'll reposition to where I have a clear shot, but I'm not gonna move any closer. And I'm gonna fire two Eldritch Blasts. Alright, give me the attacks. First one is a 23. That is a hit. Second one, <laughs> I'll be using a point of inspiration on. Now's the time. If you got them, dump them. <laughs> it's, it, let's do it. Mm -hmm. For a 17. 17 is a hit. Yes! For 10 force damage. The two Eldritch Blast fly true, hitting in the retreating Yager. And then we move on to the top of the round with Shadow Assassin 4, who's dead. So Kurgle, shocked at what's going on, the area being lit into a fiery blaze, sees, oh, this is what he was talking about. And then while she's looking at him out of the corner of her eyes, she sees Yager running away and she says, oh no, not this time. <gasps> this is what happens when you don't pat down your hostage. Kurgle reaches behind her, pulling a small flintlock tucked in the yes. waistline of her pants on her backside and aims at Yager. Let's go. Public <laughs> roll. What is it? Ha! <laughs> Looks like a four. It's a four. Plus ten. Oh, not good enough. The bullet flies just past Yager, and he turns and looks in fear as we move to Shadow Assassin 1's turn who tries to attack Kurgle in the back as she just shot a flintlock at his master. <laughs> one misses, the other one hits. Oh no. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
She has one HP. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> the power of the magic pixel. <laughs> Crazy, dude. The sword slashes against her back and she just falls forward onto her hands and knees with one HP remaining. And then we move on to Shadow Assassin 2, who is dead? not dead. <laughs> he's about to be. <laughs> he's about to be, but he's going to attack. Keth, he's the bigger threat. Ten. I hope that Ten everyone, twice. I hope that everyone understands, as Doris does, that we got until they get done with those Shadow <laughs> Assassins to get the fuck out of here. And then Astra, it is your turn. You also have seen everything that's happening. You see the... Because Felomir just ran up and attacked with Eldritch Blast against Yager, and even Kurgel turned and shot her flintlock, you see the retreating Yager. Remember your father. If anyone has the attack range to pull this off in this moment. I can do this. <laughs> How's about a foyer bowl? <sighs> Full circle. Ooh, that that could so, be good. So poetic. That could be good. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. Okay. Just chuck it. Kobe. His dex bonus is plus one. No, re- no advantage. Er, mm, no. Advantage on saving throws against magic. Mm. Either way. But still, though. 14? 14. Damn. Fendo wins. What are Fendo? He, he does take half damage. I'm, all, I'm all just going to be honest with you. You need 19 damage to make this happen. She needs yeah. 19? Or- She's got it. He did. Ten. With half, because he succeeded. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's... 10, no. uh, 18, 20, 25, uh, 31, and 36. Mm. So that would be 18. 18. He has one But Astra, you do have... You said quicken spell? And when I use a sorcery point. Yeet! Or you can let it go to Dora's turn. Your choice. I'm going to be real. I'm just straight up metagame. Dora can't reach him. Yeah. <laughs> also, we haven't had a single wild magic moment tonight. That's true. Do it. This magic it. moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> what if Dora did end up killing Dora just became known as like the god killer? <laughs> <laughs> so like, it could be. <laughs> the Velmir scene all over. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who is this fucking... Quicken spell gives me a bonus. Oh, action. and we said that you can do two full-on action spells because of life force in our mm-hmm. game. So you can do a non-cantrope spell, even though the rules say against it. So pretty much you can just cast another spell as a bonus action. You could do a whole another fireball. If I you was going to say cast another fireball. <laughs> does that take life force, though? It does. Okay. I mean, I could just do a cantrip at this point. But you, you might miss. Yeah, yeah. But you might miss. The thing is, the fireball will kill him. Yeah, you're right. Do it for Papa. <laughs> yeah, all of the Papa. All of the And almost Kurgle and fucking Keth. I mean, Kurgle's not out the woods yet. Yeah, it still might be Kurgle. <laughs> so a level three, level three fireball. You don't even have to roll because he has one HP left. And even if he fails the deck save. Okay, we're doing it. <laughs> I'm rolling. We're doing it. <laughs> Four, eight, 12. Let me roll his deck save. Please fail 16, the deck save. 17, 23, 29, again. <laughs> 35. Did you get 35 last got time? 36. Oh. He's dead. One fireball hurls across the area, hitting Yager, and you see him come out of the smoldering smoke, and then you just hurl another one with your left arm, and then he explodes. 
And as the fire settles where Yager is, Keth still raging on the other side of this area, the killing blow on Yager causes the area to shake and tremble around you. A white, bright light of eldritch energy shines from cracks in his skin. He screams and wails in pain as the energy inside of him explodes, vaporizing his body. The shockwave from the explosion knocks all of you to the ground, unconscious. Doris, you wake up in a bed. You flutter your eyes open, sit up, and look around. Sunlight shines through open windows, brightening this room as the sun sets on the horizon. This appears to be some sort of hospital ward. There are seven other beds in the room. Keth snores loudly in one. Astra sleeps quietly in another, while Oystrich is nestled into the pillow next to her head. Finch lays asleep, while Pivak perches on the railing of the headboard. Thelamir, though asleep, looks rough. His age is catching up to him, and he does not appear to be recovering quickly. Dark blemishes cover his skin, some age spots you see, but a lot of bruises all over. The other beds in the room are empty. Then a door opens, and two people walk inside. Kurgel and an old human man in a robe. Kurgel says, Well, hello there, little man. How are you feeling? Yes, how are you feeling? What, what happened? What? Uh, well, you see, we at the Wizard's Rainbow and some guards around town found y'all after the wake of the Keep's fall. I know that there was some sort of darkness that enveloped, and Kurgles caught me up a little bit about how a tentacle man attacks you and some shadow beings. She doesn't seem to know much else or what, what to tell me. I'll tell you everything. Okay. And just before you start to tell him, you hear something odd. Your keen hearing catches the roar and applause of a crowd echoing through the city. The mage says, Ah, oh, yes, the sun is setting to the final performance of the Summer Quantal. <laughs> I'm sorry, you've been in a coma for about a week now. It's the final performance in the Festival District. You see, what we've done is we've set up echo chambers all around the city so that all two million people in Chandelin can hear the final performance. Uh, yes, we really wanted Loric Hyros to be heard by everyone. And then you hear... Yeah. Oh, are, are you, you ready, ready to, to play? play? And that's the end of Act 3. <laughs> it's beautiful, but I'm also mad I didn't get to do wild magic. Oh, shit. Did you do a sorcery? Yeah, yeah I used two sorcery points. And I made sure to tell been. you. Yeah, the fireball killed him instantly. So, What would it have been? 
Yeah, what would it have been? Roll the D100. You cast Fireball on yourself. Since I used two <laughs> sorcery points, would it's it... Just, one just per round? activation, not how many. Five. Five? What? Yeah, D100. Yeah, it's a D100, right? Oh, a D100. Maybe the effects will linger into the beginning of Act 3. Or Act 4. Ooh, all 100? zeros. <laughs> Whoa. Is that is that a hundred? I think you get all your sorcery points. <laughs> you though. regain all expended sorcery. Points. <laughs> <laughs> Don't matter. No. And the hostage looks familiar, and that's where we will end it tonight. What? Oh, come on! This is the worst quantal ever. <laughs> that sucks, dude. Can't even tell us who the hostage is. is. <laughs> I bet it's Gate, dude. This is the this is like the Walking Dead finale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a bullshit cliffhanger, and you know it. Well, if it's Gate, then I have a little less to explain, so that would be a way my Gate, thank God you're here. <laughs> if I save you, we're, we're even. <laughs> Look, let me explain. After Finch, we are on to Felomir. I'm sorry, you're having a rough time, Felomir. You look like you're having a rough time. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it sucks that I, you know, but it's also, I mean, it's easy, and I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's all, it's also great that I am sucking right now too. So I'm actually like not killing Cass. So that, that's a plus. I would say that is a plus for sure. Yeah, that's definitely Uncle a plus. Ben's brains got scrambled. That's not a plus. No. Uh, 